you attacked coffee this morning? Uh, yes, I, I, well, I have, I just know so many people who drink coffee and they have anxiety and like depression and I'm like, you know, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, like coffee affects like your nervous system and you know, like your nervous system is like in control of like all your hormones and all your feelings and like how your brain receives signals. So it's like, don't fuck with your nervous system, AKA don't drink. And I'm not saying everybody has to not drink coffee, but if you have depression or you have um, anxiety or you have panic attacks, it's like probably don't do it. Yeah, I get that. And I get that like I'm getting amped up and I'm also amping up my nervous system with it. For sure. Because I also like, I did notice in the last couple of years where I'm like, I have a much smaller tolerance for a lot of things. And I'm not sure if that's because I'm drinking more coffee mm-hmm. Yeah, like or because I'm just getting older and grumpier. For sure. Or the combination of which. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people like, you know, with like with I understand why people like need it. Like, obviously, it's it's addictive, like the taste becomes addictive, just like the habit of like, oh, I got to go and get coffee or like they just have their little morning routine Mm -hmm. or whatever. And that's why I always like say you could have a substitute for it. But it's like if you I never drank coffee. And then like one time I I forget why I did probably because I was like up all night or something and I had like a sip of it and I the way it made me feel I was like holy shit this is a drug but because people are so used to it nobody like feels the actual effects but like I physically felt and I was like what the fuck is this I was like why do I have anxiety and like why do I feel a little nauseous and I feel like stuff's like a little like altered and I was like stomach I don't know. I don't think so at all. I just feel like because I never have caffeine and yeah. then when I had it, I was like, okay. And I was like, what's going on? I was like, did someone put acid in my fucking water? And then I was like, oh, it's the goddamn coffee. Yeah. But everybody just is so used to it. So they don't ever feel the physical effects. But it's like, if you stop drinking it for a while and then try it again, you're going to be like, fuck. What's weird is that I stopped drinking it um, during the pandemic. Because yeah. I remember waking up like three days into the pandemic where you don't have work, but you're getting unemployment. So things are fine. And I was like, mm-hmm. why the hell am I getting coffee? What am yeah. I need to be awake for? Right. I don't even there's nothing that I th- use as a crutch that is com- completing the circle. But I kept with it. For sure. And so I took it out of the diet for a couple months and then we went back to work and I put it back in. Yeah. And now I'm not working again. Right. And I've kept it in and I'm now I'm doing the same thing. Where I'm like. You can cut this. This is a real easy, fast thing to cut. Totally. Well, it feels like a, you know, people like it because it feels like a treat. Or like I said, it feels like a... It's my cigarettes. Yeah. It's people's... It's a vice. You know It 100% I mean? is. I have like four cups a day. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, you know what? I need to get out of the house. I'll walk down to the coffee shop and grab a coffee and then totally. walk around the neighborhood. Like it's... And you could do the same thing. You just do it with tea. You know what I mean? Like you just... You could go to the coffee shop and still get something. It just doesn't have to be coffee. I, I get that. But I like coffee. Yeah. That's I know. A, everybody's like, but I like it, but I like it. And I'm like, yeah, that that's what I know. Every exactly. And that's says. not everyone likes their addiction. Right. For sure. Yeah. We, we wouldn't be doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. If you hated the addiction and still had it, that's a different issue. Yeah. 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 But I saw that this morning and I was like, I feel personally attacked by this. I feel like she's talking about me. Yeah. No, I have. I mean, my roommate is someone who's like, she has panic attacks and she gets anxiety and I remember like I told her this was like a few months or no this is like a year ago and I was like hey I like had an intuitive feeling I was like you know I was like if you're getting I was like you should you drink coffee a lot like Mm -hmm. she drinks it you know and she's obsessed and she has all the different gadgets for it like sometimes she makes an espresso sometimes she does like a french press sometimes she does whatever the else fuck you could do a coffee and um 
And I, I was just Did like... Did you do the coffee enemas? I don't think so. I have no, no idea. That, that was the thing like in the early 2000s. Oh, that's like when it just goes into your butt, right? Yeah. Okay. I was like, I would have to personally ask her. but um, She would need help. You would know. She, yeah, she would need assistance. And I was like, I'm not I'm not doing this, Catherine. <laughs> um, but, I, but I just had a gut feeling. And I was like, hey, I was like, I, I think you should start to like relax on coffee. I was like, because I know you have like anxiety and like panic attacks. And she's like, no, my anxiety has been really good. Literally three days later, she text messages me and she's like, yeah, like I had to go to the emergency room because I was having a really bad pan- like anxiety attack. Oh, Jesus. And I was like, oh, that's so weird. I thought because it's like, mm-hmm. you know, anyway. And so anytime I post like health stuff like that or like advice, it's because I'm like, I meditate and then they're like, somebody needs this. Like, yeah. just let somebody know. And like, I'll get like 10 people like, thank you so much. Thank you so much or whatever. So I'm like. All but right. then do other people respond like your roommate were like, that's passive aggressive. You could have told me that directly, Monterey. No, because she like that specifically, I did tell her directly. Yeah. So I told her directly and then three days later. So it's like, I will, if it's someone in my life, I'll, per, I'll always directly tell people. And then also I'm like, oh, this is a message for 12 other people that I don't know that well. And it's like, you know, I'm never doing it in a way where I'm like, hey, you fucking idiot. Get your shit. You know, I'm not like that. What's weird is I tweet stuff like this like because like yeah. you did the boundaries thing which is a talk that i've had with many people totally where i'm like whenever you meet people you have to define the boundaries totally not only to set the boundaries but to also know if they respect boundaries right because the people that don't respect boundaries they're the ones that get mad immediately yep you know you're like and people are like well i'm afraid to do that because people get mad and you're like those are the ones you need to know get mad about boundaries and then you need to be able to or set just not have them in your fucking life like if That's you have the best somebody, part. yeah if someone's like that if you're like hey man you're kind of like disrespecting me like you, you can't talk you can't talk crazy like that to me yeah and if someone's like well we'll fuck you you're like okay well you're clearly demonstrating that you're a, a piece of shit yeah and someone who doesn't have common sense and someone who can't like be emotionally intelligent then it's like why would i have you in my life at all or just empathetic at all just can you just sure. accept that i also have emotions for sure and that it's not my whole body is not just to catch your emotions yeah at their most projected and most negative like can we just please acknowledge that totally you're projecting a lot of negativity and i'm not allowed to project anything back yeah that's draining that's bad yeah that's a terrible cycle and like but i will wait four weeks with those tweets in draft and send it just so that person when they if they ever do so see it yeah even if they don't follow me on twitter they can't be like is that me like because i also want to avoid that confrontation well they probably are incredibly uh unaware as a person like if they're completely unaware of like having normal boundaries that i guarantee they wouldn't even put it together i'll i'll say things the day of or the next day I've had it maybe like once or twice, like someone be like, is that me? And I'll just be like, yeah, like this, this inspired me to like send this. Mm -hmm. And if you say like, yeah, that interaction inspired me to like, you know, let other people know like, Hey, this kind of person's fucking up. And if it's like, you're going to be offended by that. I'm like, I, I really don't give a shit. I'm like, you know, then take the fucking advice. I agree, but I have a hard time doing that without escalating. Yeah. Where someone's like, is that me? Like, of course it's fucking you. Yeah. Yeah, this is a huge problem you have that you're throwing to others, and now I'm talking to the ether about it instead of you directly. For like, sure. if so I just immediately push it. Right. Well, I try to talk to the person. Like, if I know, because sometimes, like, what I'm doing is, like, I'm watching two people interact, and I'm observing, so it has nothing to do with me. Yeah. So then I'll, you know, 
subtweet or something. But if it does directly affect me, then I, I'm, I'm very like confrontational, but not in an aggressive way, but it's just like, I'm the type of person, like I, I have to get it off my chest immediately and I have to like, let them know. Yeah. I yeah. think you're better at that than I am. I've watched you watch people too. Like you, right. you're better at watching people than I am too. Like, yeah. I mean, I think just being comics, we all like watch people. And I think in that some ways, like you can tell when people are like watching them for loaded reasons. For sure. You watch them the way like Egon watched the couple fight in Ghostbusters too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I w- I'm always very interested in like human psychology and just I've always been the type of person where it's like, you know, I mean, my grandpa was an engineer, so I have that sort of brain where I like to peel and pick things apart and see like the core of something and how it works. And it could just be with, again, like human psychology. It could be with science. It could be with like, I'm like, how did they invent guns? And then I'm like on a YouTube rabbit hole yeah. for like three days. But, yeah. Oh, I do that all the time. Oh, for sure. When I had my data entry job, it was perfect because I'd be entering data with one hand. Yeah. You know, like, and then I'd have a YouTube channel just going down a rabbit hole on the other. Oh, for sure. I love YouTube. I really do. Like, I try, I try to always watch things that either, like, you know, inspire me or, like, add value or, like, knowledge. Because mm-hmm. it's like I've definitely gone down YouTube holes where I'm like, why am I watching a Dollar Tree haul right now? Like, I don't <laughs> need this. Like... Those aren't the kind that I go down. I go down the whole stupid thing of like, I want to know about the history of mascots. Who was the first mascot? Why do we have them? And how did it become a thing that people feel like they do need? Yeah. Other companies don't. You know, but that's like, like still learning and it's interesting. Like, yeah, no, I think exactly. if it's like, like I said, if it's like value or it's like educational or it's inspirational, then it's like, yeah, enjoy yourself. It's like I want to be a historian of my child mind. Yeah. And yeah, I fully yeah. acknowledge that it's child mind, but I'm also like, but if I become historian about it, yeah. then it's adult mind. Right. Then it's too, I said historian. So that's, you know, <laughs> fucking educational. So that's something. But yeah, yeah. Exactly. And so now that I know that Lego started as wooden blocks. I'm smarter. And you're like, yeah. no, it's still, you're still looking at Legos. I can imagine. I'm like, Legos were obviously invented in Sweden by children where it was like constantly raining and cold outside. And like a dad was like doing construction and some kid picked up the blocks. I'm like, that's, I, I can make up the history right now. Sure. You're like, no, you're not, you're not anywhere. You're near like it. close enough that somebody's going to believe this and a Lego person will let you slide with it. But Ooh, that's not how it happened. Wow. Okay. That was just me being like, I could guess the shit out of this. Yeah. No, it's, um, I believe it's Germany. If she, mm. if it is Sweden, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but it is that part of the world. It Germany started as sense. like wooden toys for children. Mm. And so it started as like a rocking horse and like a wooden bear. Uh, but the factory caught on fire twice. Yeah. Or they're like, Germans are just so depressed. They're like, isn't wood fun for you? And they're like. They did think it would. No, that was the whole point. But because the factory caught on fire twice, they were like, what can we make that's not so flammable? Uh, so they made the plastic so it would just right. melt instead of. Or maybe they should the fire somebody. They're like, who keeps starting fires? <laughs> yeah, but it also, you have to look at it like, I remember hearing this one fact that doesn't make any sense but does where you're like everybody who spends their life researching fireworks mm. dies in a fire that's hilarious by their own like yeah by their own demise yeah and you're like yeah it makes sense yeah if you're just like i'm gonna make my office like imagine everyone else's scurried my office fire lab yeah, yeah. It's a, everything causes an explosion every paper in your desk causes right. an explosion. You're like yeah that person has no chance to live yeah i mean somebody has to do like i always think about jobs like that like 
you know, if your job is like you make fireworks, so it's like somebody's going somewhere doing something, you Mm -hmm. know, people are like always like, it's a conspiracy. They're like always setting off fireworks. I was like, what if that's somebody's job? They're like, dude, no, I'm at work. I have to set off fireworks. You guys were complaining last 4th of July and I got to make this ship bigger and better. I mean, I know that they probably do set off fireworks for bad reasons too, but. I guess I mean I don't know I would love to know why there were so many fireworks randomly in the last yeah. year. Yeah, because it was. They say it's like for neighborhoods, like they purposely do it because it constantly like puts people in a state of like fear and like agitation and like irritation. Mm. Wait, irritation, right? That's a word. I don't know why that felt so weird. Yeah, irritation. But yeah, word. so they do it, and then it just constantly gets people like in flight or fight mode. That's what I was told. Again, who fucking knows? Yeah. But I'm like, I could see that. But also someone does have to work with fireworks. Somebody has to figure someone has to figure out microwaves. Like when you yeah. like when you get a box of food and you go to put it in the microwave, someone had to like test that. Like, is it two minutes? Is it three minutes? Is it stir it and then put a paper towel over? Like that's somebody's Do you fucking think job. When someone did that and they made that job, they're like, We need to figure out what you can and can't microwave. Oh, for sure. And so there's like the Mythbusters, except before the Mythbusters, where it's just guys who are like all right, what do you got in your pockets? Okay, ballpoint pen. In. Let's put it in. Yeah, put your keys in there. Let's go. <laughs> Let's have some fun. Yeah. Exactly. Pennies. Turns out we can't do pennies. Yeah, it turns Super bad. out. Yeah. Aluminum, don't do it. Do not do it. Bill, don't do it. But it's like somebody has to constantly figure that out. And they Wait, just, can you not microwave aluminum? I don't, I barely, I don't, I haven't used a microwave in 10 years. Yeah, tin foil them. or aluminum. I don't, I don't know why. Because it feels like people would definitely microwave aluminum foil. Oh, for sure. And like electric, you'll see like literally like fucking little mini electric bolts just fucking shoot. And you're like, oh shit. Like it's kind of cool. Kind of awesome. It's like when you put a CD in there. Did you ever put a CD in the microwave? No. Okay. So it's awesome. Yeah. So get ready for the (laughs) time It's awesome for three seconds. It smells awful. Yeah. But if you flip it upside down so you don't see the print part, Uh like little lightning bolts go through Uh, the whatever that foil is that the CD thing's reading. Right. And then you turn it off because it's only got a couple seconds on it. And all of that, like, is cracked off, and you can see where it is, just like an oh. aluminum sticker they have on the other side that has your data. Oh, wow. They yeah. do, you, it's same thing with like chip bags, because I'm sure chip bags are made of the same kind of type of shit that, like, feels aluminum kind of foil. The same. Yeah, like that aluminum foil is, but like, peeled it off. Once we, like, we, this was like a trick we used to do as, like, kids. So you put in the bag of chips, and then it, electrocutes it but it also shrinks it it makes it into like a little like barbie yeah. size chip bags and then you take a hole puncher and then you make a little keychain and we thought that we're like this is the coolest shit ever and your parents like why is the microwave on fire and you're like well <laughs> yeah. we're making it merch. smells toxic in here yeah 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 i'm like that's y'all's marriage that has nothing to do with us <laughs> yeah i think that speaks to your own home life yeah 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 i mean my parents divorced when i was six but yeah thank god yeah thank oh thank god right yeah when parents are in it for the kids. You're like, just say you're lazy. This isn't for me. This is because you don't want to move out and find your own apartment. Like, knock it off. Yeah, exactly. The, the The separation is less toxic than the toxic relationship that goes on forever. Yeah. For Oh, you two want to be miserable together? Uh, awesome. So now, like, I, I've had, like plenty of like step parents and it was the same thing like my dad and my stepmom would always be like we're just sticking it out for you two i'm like well i hate you both so i hate you together or apart so it's like yeah so let's take a vote do we need them to stay together for us yeah no no. we need you to be happy individually totally and i'll pick whichever one is like less annoying to live with like this is you get a pick yeah i mean i if 
if it came down to it, I would obviously I wouldn't go with my stepmom because I'm like, yeah, you're not my fucking mom. Yeah, for sure. I would go with my dad. And so like, but the, yeah, I think like most people, they, they say it's for the kids, but it's, it's usually financial reasons. It's like, of course you know, it for two people to move apart or whatever. And it's like, and divorces are expensive. Yeah. All those things. It's all avoiding those things. Totally. It's, but it's just like, yeah, I mean, I think most people, especially that generation, like of our parents, like they, you know, marrying for love and like happiness is still like a newer concept. You know, people like married a lot of the times because they got each other pregnant and, you know, like. So guilt. Yeah, they married for guilt. They married for guilt or they married, you know, because of it would be easier financially and because they didn't want to, you know, have to have the conversation with their parents because their that generation was still fucking like super religious or Christian or it could be Judaism, whatever. But it's like religion was still involved in marriage a lot. So like having a sure. baby out of wedlock was like, oh, you're trash in quotations. <laughs> so they definitely were like marrying. Most of them were marrying for not the right reasons for sure. No, but I think our generation watching that happen is what made our generation react to marriage the way we did. Totally. Because we grew up, it was like in every movie where they would tell us that 50% of marriages ended in divorce. Yep. And so we just like knew that as children at a very young age. Or we just all saw our parents fight all the time. And, we're and like, then we also, our parents, sucks. when they went through their divorce, be like miserably broke and be like, well, I lost everything. Yeah. And like. Not that that was my parents' divorce, if right. anybody listening on that side. Yeah. But we, like, that's just, that is the stereotype of what divorce is. Totally. And so you're, everyone's just like, oh, yeah, that's not worth just not getting the paperwork and just leaving when we can leave. Totally. Yeah. And just, like, you know, people, there's attachment, too. So it's like, once you're with someone for a while and you raise a family together and you, like, are, you know, life teammates or life mm -hmm. partners people you know people get attached it's like people can't even like leave their hometowns like they never like peak out of high school they never travel the world they never you know go after the job Some they people want don't want that and i think that's kind of beautiful in itself i think most people do i think most people have fear i'm not saying everybody mm. has to be like in entertainment or like you know go trap but it's like if there's a whole world and you never left it doesn't mean you have to like not live in your hometown but it's yeah. like the whole entire world and you mean to tell me you can't find a better spot than like a random suburb in the middle of pennsylvania like i don't i don't think that's true like you have to at least live somewhere for two years of your life you really do i mean i understand that concept but some people are just like no my family's here i don't want to be with my family and we're all are from like and that's like the thing like but that's attachment then it's like it is your, attachment. your 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 family is always going to be there so it's and they like, also feel attached to that suburb of totally pennsylvania. and like and i and part of me wishes I had that. Right. It's But that's fear-based. Like, a lot of people don't go after goals because they're scared of failure. They're mm -hmm. scared of looking stupid. They don't want to have to do hard work. They don't want to be challenged. They don't want to be alone. So it's like, when people are like, I just love my family. Well, they're not going anywhere. There's plane tickets. There's yeah. no excuse. Like, the most you could do, at least then, is, like, be like, hey, every year I'm going to do two trips. Like, okay, stay in For your sure. fucking hometown. Then you your passport better be passed with fucking... 
you know, Africa and China, maybe not right now, but like, you know, there's no reason you can't make China a destination at some point. We're just not right now. Europe. It's like, okay, so if you're living in your hometown, Mm -hmm. then you better see the whole entire world and you better at least work the job that you like. But if you're the parole officer or like a patrol officer at a county jail and you never left your hometown, I'm like, I I doubt that you're out here like, you know, my brother, he used to do that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But it's also, if that is what it is and they're happy with it, because there's like, they don't, there's, some people can disconnect work from that stuff where they just go, whatever the job is, because at the end of the day, I go home to my wife and kids that I love and I want to make sure I give them the best thing. For sure. And what I'm looking forward to is coaching my son in Little League, you know, like and watching him do whatever that is. Yeah, I don't have a problem with people like, but I know, so if you're, if you're doing the job and you don't like it or you, because people will be like, what you just said like oh well just as long as like i have my wife and i have my kids but i'm like you okay i'm just telling you you could do the wife and you could do the kids but just like where you have to go every day mm-hmm. for eight hours a day Correct. that's it and it's or like, be neutral yeah you just gotta be neutral about it that's yeah. the problem is i can't find a way to be neutral but like what was it you said something like the people are afraid of like all these things and mm-hmm. in my mind i'm like i can do all of that in my hometown in a bad job anyway yeah i could fail at owning a coffee shop i can be embarrassed you know like back home like right anytime anywhere like you know who knows for sure like all of those things are completely unavoidable feelings for sure so to my mind i was like there's no lose in the other side right because just because i'm avoiding doesn't mean I'm going to actually avoid. For sure. Yeah. I just think people owe it to themselves to, again, I don't mind if you stay in your hometown, but it's like, then you at least owe it to yourself to see the world, to travel, to go out there. But it's like, you know, life is about evolving and having growth. And it's like, if you're complacent or if you settle, then guess what? You're not going to grow in a lot of aspects. Mm-hmm. And like having kids and getting married is one way, but it's like living by yourself, like exceeding, you know, like challenges and, you know, having to do things like, you know, go through hardships or different experiences, meeting people from all the, like, these are all ways that like we grow and evolve. And it's like, if you don't want to grow and evolve, then you just have to accept that it's like, Hey man, then in 20 years, you can't, you can't have a midlife crisis and fucking complain when like you chose yeah, to opt no, out. Yeah, fact. Um, I want to talk to you about what I, what I wanted to talk to you about. Like, yeah. cause I asked you on here for a specific reason, Yeah, which I'm not sure if I've talked to you about. Yeah. I guess maybe directly. Um, mm-hmm. You seem to have some kind of ability mm-hmm. and it's like, it's supernatural. And I like if for anyone listening, I've already confirmed my part of the belief enough to make this the rest of the episode to be like, right. Monterey is able to sense, feel, mm-hmm. or get specifics from some other sort of sense mm-hmm. and then reach out to the universe and complete the circles. Right. And I've seen you do it multiple times throughout the years. Right. So it's not like it's like you did it this one time and like it's like, no, I've watched it happen. Mm-hmm. And you told me also like years ago, you're like, people are going to call me crazy. But like yeah. this. And I was always like, I believe in this weird thing. Yeah. And I want to see this come like to light and be like a real thing. And I've watched it a couple of times through like Facebook and stuff. Yeah. Where you reached out on like this is just an example of like, mm-hmm. hey, does anybody know what Jonathan and does the number like. 88 mean anything maybe it's a sports number and like they want to say they love you and then they're like oh yeah yeah my son jonathan died in 1988 and i miss him and was thinking about him yesterday right yeah exactly and like so those sort of things all complete for sure yeah when did that start for you that these sort of phenomena happened um i'd say like 
maybe around 2014 is when like little things would like happen. But I'd say like strongly, probably like the last like two years, like where it's like, okay, like that's when it, and it genuinely happened when I started doing like self-healing. Interesting. I assumed your teenage years. Mm -mm, No, 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 no. Like I've always been like, uh, I've always been naturally like very like intuitive, like, but I didn't know where I was pulling it from. Mm -hmm. Like I just was like, say somebody would, I would be saying something to someone and they'd be like, oh, that's so weird. Like I would be giving an example or something. I'd be like, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, when a basketball player like breaks his leg and then someone's like, oh, I played basketball. I just broke my leg. So like that would happen a lot, but that that was just me like speaking and like not knowing where it would come from. But it's like now, like in the last past couple of years, I'll meditate. And then like, I feel like a magnetic, like pull of like, it's almost just like words are like, like being pulled into me. And then I'll say, I know to like say them. And so when that's happening mm-hmm. and those words are coming into you directly, yeah. are you aware exactly of like that you are receiving something from the other side yeah. in that moment? Or is it just like, potentially receiving like it was or is there like a confirmation before you even speak um i 99.9 percent of the time i because it feels like do you ever like have two magnets and like you know like when you put the magnets close together all of a sudden they like like get like where you can't not you know they're gonna go together Mm -hmm. it feels like that but in my head so it's like it's almost like okay there's this information coming there's this information and then it feels like a magnet and it just pulls it so it's like i feel it physically so i always know like all right, I'm receiving some sort of information. That's absolutely incredible. Yeah. But it's, I always tell people, cause it's like, it sounds so like crazy and it sounds so mystical, but I'm like, it's actually science. So like if, you know, I explain it to people like this. So, you know, on, in the subatomic world, which is just the first dimension. So that just means like everything in its energetic form. Cause we know everything's energy. We mm-hmm. know everything's matter. It's just broken down atoms atoms cluster together and they make compounds and compounds cluster together. They make chemical reactions, chemical reactions start to make like, you know, whatever the shit our body's made out of. So, but in the smallest like particle world, so it's just atoms and these atoms are vibrating. Mm -hmm. And so, and through when these atoms vibrate, and like I said, they go through this, you know, this whole evolvement process to make whatever it makes, you know, Oxygen plus hydrogen makes water. Yeah. And then, you know, carbon plus this makes another thing. I don't know enough science, but you know what I mean? So sure. it's like all these molecules come together to make these physical properties. You know yeah. what I mean? Whether it's water, whether it's air, whether it's human beings, blood, whatever. So, but they, they all, they all come down to the same essence, right? So thoughts at the, we don't know like what the chemical makeup of a thought is, but it's something. It could be, oxygen and you know carbon whatever it's Mm -hmm. it's something so when whenever you're receiving information it just means that like you're literally just consuming a chemical or consuming an atom and you're like because I speak English I'm going to interpret it through you know words yeah so it's like all all I'm doing so it's like a psychic when they walk into a room because it's like feelings are just a spectrum of vibration. So it's like, if you're sad, that's like, if you're happy, that's, ah, you know what I mean? So they're just, they're just feelings of vibration patterns. Right. And, uh, so if I, if a psychic walks into a room, they're like, 
they could feel like, say someone died in this room 20 years mm -hmm. ago, that vibration just never goes away. Because, you know, as we know, energy can't be destroyed nor created. It just is. So they walk into a room, they feel the burn, and they're going to start interpreting it. They're like, this feels dark. Mm -hmm. This feels negative. This feels heavy. And then... They start picking up more information. They're like, uh, it feels like someone died in here. So it's yeah. like, that's all psychics are doing. So it's like, it's not like you're just, it's just like magic where things are just popping in your brain. I mean, you say that like it's dismissive, like that's yeah. all psychics are doing. Yeah, but yeah. also how many people on the planet have any sort of psychic ability? Right. And that's what makes it magic. It's For like sure. the way where someone's like, oh yeah, that person wrote a song that touched the whole entire planet. Totally. So we'll say like yesterday from like, Paul McCartney and like yeah. all he did was write a song yeah and you're yeah, like yeah. yeah yeah no the magic is that it resonated in everyone sure. when he wrote a song right I just always like to demystify it so people don't think that it's like some crazy like supernatural because it's like a lot of people it's like you know yeah because everything you said I translate into music where you're just yeah. like there's sad and there's happy and I'm like well yeah all notes on the scale is yep. a is a vibration yep and when you mix a couple of them together they become minor or major which is happy right. or sad totally and it was just like, and when you walk in the room, you can get the multiple vibrations of the things that had happened within the room yep. and feel out, is this a major or minor scale or maybe something in between? Totally. And that's light matter and dark matter, like negative, mm -hmm. positive, you know. Um, and then there's this really good book. I forget the name of it. I'll have to send it to you. But it's a, it's a guy who was a jazz musician. And he was also a physicist. And he like had this whole entire like spiritual like revelation, like through playing jazz and like relating it to physics, because it's like, you know, the music does have a, you know, not even on the emotional aspect, obviously music has a, you know, huge spiritual context to it, but actually like how they, like you said, like the scale of like the notes and like how sure. they, cause that's just frequency. That's just sound, you know? Yeah. And so the human we associate different sounds because they ignite certain emotions so if i play the burn you're like ooh, it's kind of scary and if yeah. i play like -da 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 -da, you're like uh, it's suspense you know like mm -hmm. the 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 shout out to the mario brothers <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the noise is just associated yeah. with an emotion and so it's like and it's the same thing in a reverse so it's like you can feel an emotion but because we don't have the spectrum of sight of seeing everything like a an ant or a bug can, but it's like, sure. if I were to feel an emotion, there are some species that can literally see like a energy wave, like leave my body, like a radio wave. And it's like, if you're feeling fear, it's like sharp zigzags. If you're feeling joy, it's these beautiful. And then that's how the animal knows like, Oh, this is safe. Like I can come here. You oh, know for sure. I mean? And that's how bats move. Yeah, that's exactly. hundred percent how they do it. Which also like just on another tangent of music yeah. is I believe that's why the film score like our top film score guys are like mm -hmm. oh they've scored the top 10 movies of all time it's like because it brought the most emotion out of us because they had such a wonderful score totally I don't think that it is a shock that John Williams and Star Wars were both the most successful yeah I think it was about those two things meeting at the same time while they were both peaking that made it something that we couldn't fight right. inside of our bodies totally and you if know. you listen to most scores like you know it's a lot of string instruments mm -hmm. and those those scores are very uh, similar like if you listen to like I, I'm probably butchering the name but like Silvecchio like uh, frequencies so like when you listen to like frequencies mm -hmm. and those frequencies are like the frequencies you listen to when you're like in meditative states you could just listen to them on YouTube 
they sound like scores. And you're like, yeah. oh, you're like, this is the same like notes that carry. Like, and you're like, oh, that sounds like this. And you're like, oh, okay, I get like how. Well, totally. That's why in a horror scene, they just hit a chord and hold it. It's like, bing. Yeah. Or like yeah. the down below or all that stuff where they just like, there we go. Because that's all we need is that yeah. this interval totally is where this emotion lays. And we're going to keep you here because we want you to have to guess what's happening next. Totally. If we go in any direction, we're going to create a scale so you have an idea. Right. And that's why I tell people, I'm like, emotions are notes. So it's like, if you're sitting here playing a bunch of notes now again, because we don't we don't see the notes, but we mm-hmm. can feel the notes around a person. So if my emotions are constantly like, what the fuck? Like, oh my God, this fucking bitch. Like, oh, I fucking hate trap. Like, those mm-hmm. are the notes that you're hitting. It's like, how many people do want to listen to that song? Not a lot. You know what I, I mean? I get what you're saying. Yeah, so for if, sure. But your note, if your notes are like, yes, woo, I'm not a musician, but it's like, mm-hmm. people are like, ooh, I want to get on that. They're like, yes, woo. And it's like, they want to vibe out with you. And it's like, that's all. Your emotions are your notes. And so you're your saying notes- coffee doesn't make good music. Spirituality no. makes good music. Yeah, absolutely. Monterey Martinez. Guys, Monterey has, I mean, like, if you haven't seen her stand-up, first off, it's hilarious. Go see her. Um, second, it's a lot about the trauma she dealt with. And she deals with a lot of trauma. Or I, it's almost like, I don't know if she deals with much of it now. It, it almost feels like maybe a survivor of growing up with so much trauma in the house. Which is why I think all of these things are so important to her. And why she's so good at it. And so I definitely suggest giving her a follow on Instagram because she definitely talks a lot about like what it takes to be mentally stable in today's crazy world. And she comes from a crazy childhood. And so it's like she's made that of high importance. And I think she's made her and then she's made her Instagram about that of a high importance. And so I feel like it's it's great. Like I follow her and when I do, it's just like I feel like once a week there's something on there that like genuinely is like, yep. That touched me in an inspirational way. You know, like how we make fun of inspirational quotes on things, but then every now and then one's like, yeah, I needed to hear that. That happens on her Instagram with me like once a week. And absolutely, which is why I wanted to talk to her. I was like, you're like, I'm such a big fan of your Instagram. (laughs) And her as a person. I've known her for a long time. Sweet girl, Monterey Martinez. Happy to have her. It was actually one of the harder guests to get just because our schedules kept conflicting. You know? And so really happy it all worked out. That's the episode. Thank you, guys. Uh, Next week, I have Andy Leonard. You know Andy Leonard. He did two episodes with me a while back. Uh, For those that, you know, jump in and out, the first episode he did with me, we talk purely about my music days. And the second episode, we talk about our friendship. And then for people who are, like, deep-cut Aaron people, Andy and I did the... The Mandalorian podcast. We did the Star Wars podcast where we broke down every episode of Mandalorian. And we will do it again for season three. And we have talked about maybe doing another episode in between these seasons. All of that stuff happens. But after listening to the 100th episode of the podcast, and it was... I don't want to make this sound bad. You know, it was another episode. I didn't celebrate it so much. I did a long outro, but that was about it. And then Andy was like, I would like to interview you about being on the other side of the 100th episode. 
And I said yes to the offer. You know, like this wasn't a thing I pitched to him. He pitched it to me. And he was like, let's, let's interview you and find out more about you on the other side of this as somebody who's listened to a chunk of the episodes and known me very well for well over a decade now. Somebody uh, that I talked to daily for that long. And I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. That sounds great. And so it's not even recorded yet. So I don't even know what we get into, what we dive into. I feel like it's going to be, uh, I feel like it's going to be another deep one with me. Uh, also probably a lot of laughs, you know, like Andy and I laugh a lot. So it's going to, it sounds like it's going to be fun. We're taping it tomorrow. So I don't know what it's going to be like, but that's what I'm going to have for you next week. Very excited for that. Very excited to bring more of that to you. Also, I've been working in a comedy theater, so I've been just hanging around more comedians, which has been great. I I missed hanging out with comedians. I've been doing a lot of shows, but there's not a lot of hangouts at these shows anymore like there used to be. The way I used to, I mean, with Monterey even, there was, we used to do a thing where after the open mics, we would go to a diner and there'd be like 15 of us in a diner all hanging out until like three or four in the morning. And that has not happened on the other side of the pandemic. And that was really where I got to know Monterey was through that. Uh, there was an open mic called Mouthy Pants. Kim Crawl from an earlier episode ran it with Whitney Melton, who also was on an earlier episode. And she was one of the regulars of that. Uh, it was like her, Jeff May, Travis Clark, me. I mean, I feel like we've got to throw out Vanessa Gritton's name in there. She was there all the time too. And just like, Eric Ennis. There was a big group of us. Like I said, it was 15 and it would rotate. It was like, I felt like there was like 30, 40 people that would rotate and about 40% of us would be able to make it on any given week, depending on what we had to do the next day because we knew it would be a late night. And so it's been cool to hang out at the comedy theater and actually get some like hang time in. It's, it's been great. I, I miss that. And that's kind of what this podcast feels like is what that hang time feels like. But at the same time, it's all this one-on-one, which is very different than groups which I don't think I thrive in groups, but I also really enjoy being a part of them. So whatever that is. Um, As always, please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. And I mean, I prefer the five stars over the one stars, but whatever, whatever you guys want to do, just as long as you're rating, reviewing, and subscribing. And you can follow me at Aaron Marsh on everything. You can text me at my phone number. I'm just kidding. I'm not giving away my phone number. Um, But please, uh, yeah, guys, thank you for listening, and thank you for putting up with me. Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong Whether I find a place in this world or never belong I've got to be me